Are you feeling a little distant from God today? You're not feeling him active in your life on a daily basis? Well, this is the episode for you. We're on James 4. This is the fourth chapter of our James series. We've already done the first three, and now we're on chapter 4. And this one's full, chock full of different instructions and guidance on how you can draw closer to God so you don't feel so distant and you know that he's working in your life. So read James 4 with me today. Let's read, discuss it. We'll say a little prayer at the end. Let's go. All right, welcome to a brand new episode of the Bible Reading, Coffee Drinking podcast video uh, series that we have here. Today we're hitting James 4. So if you've missed the first three episodes of our James series, 1, 2, and 3, those are on YouTube, those are on the podcast, those are on Instagram. Go take a watch of them or listen to them and catch up. But you don't have to, uh, you don't have to necessarily do them in order, uh, but today we're going to be doing James 4. Before we get that, make sure, uh, just let you guys know, go by the livingchristian.org uh, website. We've got Bible verse uh, lists. We've got blogs. We've got an apparel store, which we actually have a hoodie sale coming up. So pay attention to that. Uh, follow me on the social media uh, platforms that I have to get notified when that hits. But that, I think that hits on Tuesday, I think. Apologize for that. But that'll uh, be 20% off all of our hoodies and sweatshirts starting on Tuesday. I just made that up, so we're going to go with it. Uh, but make sure you check out livingchristian.org for all the resources that uh, I put together to help you live Christian. Uh, seven days a week. All right, let's dive into James 4. This is a great book. This is written by the uh, half-brother of Jesus, as we probably know, hopefully you do. Uh, and in that, it's a lot of instructions, a lot of kind of uh, guidance, uh, and, and really good um, kind of uh, instructions for our life. And I, I, I love to read James. I've read it many times. Uh, I haven't read the entire thing front to back in about a year, but I'm doing it today. Uh, so we're reading James 4. Let's dive into drawing close to God is the first part of James 4. All right, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. I like the, the two there. I know not all of us scheme and kill, okay, but you want what you don't have is a profound statement about most of us in our lives. Uh, we, we continuously, and I haven't made it very far before I stopped reading, sorry, but most of us want what we don't have. We're never satisfied with what we have in our lives or what God provides for sure. Uh, many, many times we always strive to get more and more and more. And frankly, that's probably what drives a lot of the, the greed and the animosity and the judgment and the hatred in our world is that simple statement of we want what we don't have. It's crazy. Uh, you are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Whew. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Mm. I remember in Matthew, uh, it, it talks about ask. Pray to God, and you, and you will receive. Uh, but your heart has to be pure. And the way James is talking about here is the fact that you want what you don't have, and you don't have it because you're not asking God for it. And even if you are asking God for it, you're asking Him the wrong way. You've got to believe in what you ask for, and your motives have to be right. It can't be 
the wants. It's got to be the the needs, and it's also got to be uh, aligned with what God's will is for your life. If you're asking for material things, or you're asking for something that is just at a pure desire, God will not answer that, but he will answer your prayers when your prayers align with his will. That is for sure. All right, verse four, we may refer. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you enemy, makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate and that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives graciously, he gives grace generously, excuse me. And the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but will grace the humble. Goes back to motives, goes back to how humble you are and how you humble yourself in front of God uh, when you're praying and living your life. I love this uh, next uh, section here, verse 7 and 8. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. So what's the instruction that uh, James is giving us, the guidance he's giving us, giving us right now? you got to remember the section's entitled Drawing Close to God. So what do you need to do in order to draw close to God? He's talking about humbling ourselves, right? Resisting the devil. Washing our hands away from our sins. Loyalty needs to be to God and not to this world. And be sad. Have tears that flow. Sorrow and deep grief for your sin. Don't be... Don't have laughter and joy by the worldly things that you do here. Be upset with yourself sometimes when you fall short. It doesn't mean that that, that's condemning you. What it means is that it should humble you. Understand that we all fall short. We all sin on a daily basis in some form or fashion. And even, even what James is talking about is not even being humble enough to pray to God properly. So we should be uh, upset with ourselves, but more importantly, humble ourselves, because we can't do it alone. Because we try to do it alone, we focus on this world, we do all these things that James is talking about. And what we're not doing is being humble, being and letting God be gracious to us, and go to Him in prayer, and go to Him with your, with your hands up, asking for help. You've got to pray the right way. You've got to live the right way. And you have to have the right perspective in order to get your prayers answered. Yes, your prayers need to align with God's will, but you know, you need to go to Him humbly. We need to realize that we can't do this all alone. Okay? All right, let's go into uh, this is going to be a hot topic here warning others against, or warning against judging others. Excuse me. This is a good one. Verse 11. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. I said that slowly for everybody to understand. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. 
So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? All right, let's talk about judgment for a second. Just for just we all know it's bad. I think sometimes we justify as Christians, we justify our judgment because uh, there's 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 several verses in the Bible, you know, do not judge unless you be judged, right? And and we're okay somehow being judged. What he's saying here is that we need to obey God's law. We need to be following the Ten Commandments, right? Not to necessarily to earn salvation. God is our salvation. The sacrifice of Jesus is our salvation. But we all fall short on those things. And if we're criticizing others for sinful behavior, we're criticizing the law, that's what he's saying. What he really means by that is the fact that we have to have faith, the fact that God has that law in place for a reason, and he's going to be judging those who break those laws. It's not our position to judge others. Now, saying that, can we be critical of behavior, sinful behavior in this world? Absolutely. But we need to come at it from a heart of humbleness, as we just talked about at the beginning. Okay? Don't judge others. What you want to do is pray for others. So if there are other people that are uh, still stuck in their sinful ways, there's other people that are doing things that you know are wrong, or they're wrong in terms of your morality and what the Bible says, right? What our reaction to that should be is humbleness in the sense of how do we get help them get to know Jesus, right? And we all still fall short even though we know Jesus, <laughs> right? But instead of harshly judging those who uh, commit sinful behaviors, uh, what we should be doing is praying for them and praying that they know who Jesus is and, they, and Jesus can soften their heart and, and get them to stop doing their sin, okay? That's the position we need to be in. Not necessarily coming at a holier-than-thou judgment mentality of, I'm a Christian, that person's not, I'm criticizing their behavior, I'm judging them because of whatever reason. There's a whole spectrum of, of things we judge people on in our society nowadays, okay? But instead of having that perspective, we should come at it from humbleness and go, you know what, I feel bad for that person, stuck, they're confused, they're lost. How do we help them know Jesus? They're the one. Jesus is going to leave the 99 to go chase the one, right? So if you have a neighbor, a friend, a family member, somebody's lost and stuck in their sin, they don't know Jesus, or they're stuck in their sin for a multitude of sins that we judge in our society nowadays, let's pray for them today. Let's pray that God can change them, because we can't. Okay? All right. Let's go on to... Uh, Warning about self-confidence. Uh, verse uh, 13. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there for a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Okay, a couple of uh, thoughts here. I, I've always uh, liked this section of James 4, talking about kind of plans. What's that old saying? Uh, if you want to make uh, you know God laugh, tell him what your plans are. I can't, I'm sorry, I'm probably misquoting whatever that, uh, whatever that saying is. Um, but if, if you want to think that you can plan far ahead. Yes, we should make plans. Yes, should we, we should 
plan our lives and what we want to do and try to accomplish goals. But understand that those are God's plans, not ours. I mean, what James is talking about here is, oh, you're going to go to a, you know, you're saying to yourself you want to go, you know, uh, start a business and make a profit in a year from now. And okay, good. Good luck with that. Because if you do it without God, it's probably not going to work out. And if it does work out, then, uh, you know, that's not part of God's plan. So we should not be boasting about our own pretentious plans. Humble yourselves. This whole this whole James 4 is about humbling ourselves, right? Uh, humble ourselves uh, in, in the presence of God and know that we can't do things without Him, and we shouldn't plan to do things without Him. What we should do is, like, pray to God and make plans and then have the perspective, once again, there's a lot about perspective, of if it's God's will, it will happen. And if it's not, He's got something else better planned for us. So be cautious about kind of your own egotistical or selfish plans that you want to do for your life and, and humble yourself and see where God takes you. You know, I, I'll, I'll take my ministry here for a living Christian, for example. I didn't have any plans that I wanted to, what I wanted to do with this platform. I just simply started posting stuff years ago that I wanted to connect with uh, other Christians. And God has blessed us. I mean, we've I've got 1.4 million followers on Instagram alone. So I've got, what, 2, two million followers somewhere? I mean, all over the place in different platforms. Uh, and that's not from my doing. I didn't have plans to grow. Like, I, I didn't have, like, I'm going to grow the Instagram to a million followers. I had no plans on that at all, okay? I just started going and just started doing what God led me to do. And... It, I, I love connecting with you guys. Like right now, I'm on Instagram Live. I, I've got thousands of people watching me and interacting, and this is what it matters to me. This is what I wanted to do. And the fact that God has led more and more people to this platform is certainly His plan and certainly not mine. I'm just doing what He asked me to do. I'm just following His lead, humbly, humbly, as most humbly as I can. And that's the reason why you don't see my face on uh, you know the profile pictures and stuff like that. I, I, I want it to be more about Jesus than it is about me. And that's the way we should be living our lives totally, to be honest with you. So instead of making plans, let's go through the three sections here. If you want to be close to God, you want to draw close to God, you have to humble your, yourselves. You have to stop judging other people. Be humble with what God wants you to do. And not to be too self-confident. You know, we need to, we need to love ourselves. We are a wonderful and beautiful creation of God. We are miracles that God has put on this planet. But it's for Him, not for us. One day all of this will be gone. You know, and, and um, one day my the iPhones and the computers and uh, houses and this, that, and the other, everything will be gone in my life, and I'll be with Jesus. And I'm okay with that, and I understand that. Um, and that's where I'm living for right now. That's the perspective that I have as I go through my life, trying to walk humbly with Jesus every single day. I don't know how many times I've said the word humble in this episode today, but probably 50. Uh, I keep coming back to that word. It keeps coming out of my mouth, uh, not necessarily planned. Um, I think that's God telling us all a little something. So uh, let's humble ourselves, uh, let's love each other, and uh, let's uh, help other people understand what that means so they can uh, understand and know Jesus in their lives, so they can be fulfilled and go and walk down this path of life with Jesus hand in hand, like we are. Hopefully we are. And if you're not, let me know. I'm happy to pray with you.
All right. All right. Let's uh, take a couple of questions. That was a great word on James four. Uh, we'll finish up James five next week. Um, let's uh, take a couple of questions. Uh, if you're live here on Instagram, make sure you put your question on the bottom on the question mark uh, and I'll read a couple and then we'll pray and we'll get about our weekend and our September. Happy September, everybody. All right, let's see what questions we have on here while they're coming in. So put them on the bottom. Uh, what is the difference between being Catholic and Christian? Terry Ray, uh, I'll answer yours first because you're a longtime follower of mine and you always donate uh, to the badges and uh, I love you to death. So let's say this. What's the difference between Christian and Catholic? Um, well, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into denominations, but in reality, how I view the world, uh, I, uh, I've attended a non-denominational church uh, for many, many years now, okay? I mean, I grew up uh, Baptist, Southern Baptist being in Texas, uh, you know, uh, and it was a good church. Went there all the way through high school, uh, youth and everything. Worked, worked at the church in the summers uh, during high school. Uh, I really loved it there. Um, but um, the, the Baptist thing got a little sideways with us. <laughs> and then uh, my actually my sister married a, uh, a nice German guy here in Texas, so we started attending a Lutheran church for about a decade. And went to a Lutheran church, which I liked a lot. I uh, went to a Catholic church along the way. I, I dated a girl. Went to a Catholic church back in uh, college. I've uh, been to Methodist. I've been to all. I've been to all the denominations, quite frankly. Uh, so uh, we settled, and my wife and I settled on just being straight non-denominational for this reason. And this is this is my long explanation, Terry Ray, to your to your question is because I wanted to go to a church that was the Bible first and foremost, and that was it. Okay, I think some of the traditions, uh, whether it's Catholicism or, or being a Baptist or Lutheranism, all the denominations, sometimes the the traditions and the formalities get in the way of the Scripture. Uh, at least this is for me. This is not for everybody. This is for me. Uh, this is my perspective and the way we made our choice. So we wanted to go to a church that was about community and about the Bible first and foremost, period, right? It was all about Jesus, all about reading the Word, some, without the formalities at some point. So I, I don't have anything negative against Catholicism, uh, Lutheranism, any of those denominations, because I still think Catholicism is a denomination of Christianity. I think they're all uh, uh, worshiping Jesus uh, and focused on Jesus, but in different ways, if that makes sense. And I think one day we'll get to heaven and Jesus will kind of uh, laugh at us for making all these different denominations of Christianity. And uh, you're not going to get into heaven and, and be only with Catholics and o or only with Methodists or only with Baptists or only with Lutherans or whatever else that you're going to. Uh, we're all going to be there together. Uh, and, uh, and we'll kind of laugh and chuckle at the fact that uh, some people uh, many years ago broke up the Christian church uh, and, and and had denominations from different perspectives. I think it's going to be uh, kind of funny. So uh, I think uh, for me, Terry Ray, I think uh, I think regardless of what denomination uh, we are, we're all Christians uh, uh, first and foremost. So that's my that's kind of my weird uh, kind of testimony there on that. So all Christians are Christians. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe that He's your Lord and Savior, if you believe that He is part of the Trinity, came down to earth lived, died, was buried, was resurrected, ascended into heaven after the third day, and you believe that he is your Lord and Savior uh, for your sins, then you are a Christian regardless of what you call the building you go to on Sundays. Period. The rest of it is all interpretation and how we, some people think that things are this way and some people think they're that way. But none of that stuff in my heart 
matter as much as just reading my Bible, getting to know God, and following my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, period. So that's my thoughts. All right, there we go. All right, let's uh, take another question. Great question, Terry Ray. Love you. Thank you for that one. Um, Christmas. I'll, I'll, I'll hit a Christmas one because those are always touchy. Is it okay to celebrate Christmas even though nobody knows the actual date of Jesus' birth? Uh, uh, you're asking somebody who loves Christmas, so uh, I'm, of course, going to say yes. Uh, there are Christians out there that will criticize uh, that perspective, saying that it doesn't say to celebrate uh, Christmas in the Bible, which is true. It also doesn't say to celebrate Easter. It doesn't say to celebrate your birthday. It doesn't say to celebrate any of those things. Uh, I do. I grew up uh, loving Christmas. I don't think Jesus was born on December 25th. I don't care. Uh, that's what uh, the date that God has placed on the calendar. Uh, we do follow that calendar, uh, which is a uh, you know 12-month calendar uh, set on the birth of Jesus Christ uh, on one. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I follow, I like, I like Christmas. And it's not about the Santa and all that stuff, and that stuff's fine and fun, and the presents are fun. But the way I look at it uh, is uh, this. Um, I'm celebrating the birth of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm happy, I'm joyful that he came to this earth to save me from my sins, period. And that's why I celebrate Christmas. Uh, the rest of it is fun and gravy. Uh, but uh, the reason uh, for the season, so to speak, is that. And if you focus on that, then you can kind of you know, tamper down some of the noise of some of the commercialism and some of that stuff that's kind of um, trying to change uh, what Christmas really is about. But I'll say this. I think God uses Christmas, if that makes sense. He uses Christmas to reach people who don't know Jesus. And this is where we get confused sometimes. I think a lot of times people, and myself sometimes, will criticize Christmas because the commercialism, and it's all about Santa and buying gifts and the this and the that and the whatever. And I understand that. And some of that stuff is very true for sure. But what if God was using the celebration of Christmas to reach people that don't know Jesus? What if there's somebody in a different part of the world that starts to celebrate Christmas, maybe because they get wrapped up in a Santa and the music and everything, but what happens if they start asking that question, what is this really about? And they learn about Jesus. Don't put it past God <laughs> for, for using something that we create to spread the good news. So if even if even one person finds salvation and finds their path and learns who Jesus is and accepts Jesus because of the celebration we have, then it's worth it. So let's celebrate that. So anyways, that's how I'm looking at it. That's why I love uh that's why I love Christmas. And I know it pretty soon in the fall I'll post some Christmas stuff and I'll get a lot of uh, hate messages, but that's okay. Uh, I'll pray for them. Uh and you're missing out. All right, one more question, and we'll get on down the road. Um, uh, okay, uh, it's an idea. If there's an idea in your head, what's the difference to know it between God's plan or distraction from the enemy? Okay, Tiffany, this is the easy answer. This is, well, it's not that easy, but here's my simple answer to that question. Okay, let's say you have an idea in your head. The best way to know that it's part of God's plan is if it glorifies God or if you can glorify God through it, period, okay? That's easy. Now, saying that, it's a lot more complicated than that, but let's say you have a, a business plan in your head. You want to start um, making candles. I'm just going to make something up. 
you want to make candles and sell them at, at your local craft fair. That's fine. Uh, how do you know that that's part of God's plan and not the devil's plan? Well, can you use that plan to glorify God? Can you put uh, Bible verses on the candles? Can you have a conversation at your flea market talking about Jesus? Can you wear a Christian t-shirt like I have on, and then one person asks you about it, and you spread the gospel that way? So, of course, maybe that is God's plan to, to start that candle business so you can have that conversation with somebody two years from now. That's how you know it's God's plan. Think about um, some of the restaurants that we have, like uh, uh, what's the one from California, In-N-Out Burger, which the burgers are great, the french fries are terrible. I said it. Um, and we have some here in Austin. If you look on the bottom of all their packaging, they have Bible verses on the bottom because the owners of In-N-Out Burger are Christian-based. So was it God's will to start In-N-Out Burgers? How many people have read the bottom of the cups or the bottom of the packaging and seen a Bible verse and gone, what is this? And looked it up. God's will. God's plan. All right? That's how, that's how you know. Now, if it pulls you away from God, if there's a plan that you have that pulls you away from God, that's going to be the devil's plan. So you can be careful on that. But if you can use that vehicle, if you can use that idea to spread the gospel in some form or fashion, then it certainly is God's will. Okay? All right, let's uh, have a quick prayer, and uh, we'll get about our weekend. I uh, Good luck to everybody that uh, on their football teams tomorrow, but uh, the Longhorns are going to prevail against Rice. I'm very excited about that tomorrow. I'll be at the game sweating. Uh, but uh, good luck with that. Have a great weekend. And Labor Day is Monday here in the United States, so we'll take some time off. Uh, so rest if you don't have to work on Monday as well. So let's say a prayer uh, for what the word that we just read and for our weekend. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. The words that you're speaking to us through the book of James, help them change somebody's life today. Help, help it change all of us. As we go about our Friday, help us to be humble in that, not to judge others, but to draw closer to you with the right perspective of living this life and what this life is for. You give us such good instruction, but I'm praying that you give us the discernment and the strength to do what it says. It's so hard, Lord. We're so fallen. We're so sinful. We're trying, sometimes, <laughs> help us try more and help us accomplish those things that helps us fulfill our souls. We love you so much, and we trust you. May you protect everybody watching or listening to this right now. May you bless their families and their houses and their friends. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Hook them horns. We'll see you guys uh, next week. And until next time, let uh, keep Jesus in your heart and forever on your mind. God bless you guys.